Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through some trade targets going into week two of the NFL season. So some of these players may be guys that I'm going to buy low on. They may have way underproduced in week one, but there are also going to be a few guys on this list who had solid production in week one, but I just think they're just going to continue to build on it. So I'm going to break down five total players that I'm going to be going after this week. While you guys are watching this video, if you enjoy the content, all I ask is that you guys leave a like and subscribe to the channel. That really helps support me a lot. And then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Are these players that you guys are going to be going out and trading for? Or are there some other options that you guys are interested in? Let me know down below. But I'm going to start it off here with two players from the Thursday night football game. And the first one is going to be Mike Evans. I put out a video, I believe it was last Friday, talking about how to dominate your early season trades. And one of the main points that I talked about was you have to take advantage of people overreacting to week one, right? And Mike Evans, he did not have a great day. He was targeted six times, three receptions, 24 yards, and it just wasn't his day. You know, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin both dominated. He was targeted six times. There were two times he was wide open and you know the defender gets like a finger on the ball. You know the ball moves slightly off target and Mike Evans, you know, it hits his hand but really he had no shot at catching it. That happened twice. So it was just one of those games where it was not going his way. But let's be honest, we know Mike Evans is going to be a main guy in this lineup. I was someone who was really a big fan of going out and snagging Antonio Brown and AB definitely played well but I'm just not going to pretend like Mike Evans is not going to be probably the number one in this offense. There are just so many weapons on this team where everyone is going to have their weeks. You know, week one, it was Antonio Brown, it was Gronk, and it was Chris Godwin. Week two, it could totally be Mike Evans, Fournette, and then maybe one of those other receivers. You know, all these guys are going to be very involved. And so you can buy into these people who are already panicking on Mike Evans going into the season. You know, he was probably like a high-end wide receiver two, somewhere in that like wide receiver 13 to wide receiver 15 range. And I thought that was a little appropriate, but there were a lot of people who were definitely fading that draft price. And you know, the main kind of mark against Mike Evans is that he's a guy who's not very consistent on a week-to-week basis. And people thought that he was going to have that touchdown regression. And I mean, I was acknowledging he is a boomer bust player on a week-to-week basis. He could go out give you three for 24 like he did on Thursday, but next week he could go out 10 receptions, 150 yards, two touchdowns. It is 100% possible. So if you're going to have someone panic selling Mike Evans, I'm totally willing to take him in, but you got to make sure when you're buying low on players, you are not buying them for their draft day price. So I'm not going to be, you know, buying Mike Evans and trading Cooper Cup when they're picked in the same range and Cup went out and balled out week one. You've got to be looking for guys probably lower end wide receiver twos, maybe even high end wide receiver threes that may have played well in week one. That's the kind of guys that I'm looking for. So maybe like a Deontay Johnson type of player, you know, the Steelers didn't look great, but he did get in the end zone. So his numbers were kind of padded there. That's a guy that I may consider, you know, offering for Mike Evans. There's definitely no guarantee that the Mike Evans owner is going to accept that, but that's just kind of an example here. And then if you just look at his usage, he played on 61 of 65 snaps. And those four snaps that he was not in, it was because he was banged up and was just getting a rest. Antonio Brown, who trust me, I'm a huge AB fan this year, but he played on 42 of the 65 snaps. So Mike Evans played on the field 19 more snaps 
than Antonio Brown. And in this offense, it is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They are going to be getting the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two workload. Antonio Brown is going to get in there as well. But let's not pretend that Mike Evans is going to be the one that is phased out of this offense. The second guy I'm going to talk about here is also from the Thursday night football game, and it is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. And this is kind of how I interpret his performance. If you were someone who was a fan of Ezekiel Elliott, you thought he was a good fantasy pick this year, then you understood this was going to be a terrible, terrible matchup for him, and you were kind of expecting him to underproduce. But if you were someone who was fading Ezekiel Elliott, this was a perfect opportunity to be like, see, he's washed up, he doesn't have it anymore, they didn't use him effectively. So I mean, your interpretation of this week one game really just comes down to how you felt about him going into the season. For me, I was slightly lower than consensus. He was the consensus RB5. I had him at RB6. I actually had him after Aaron Jones. And let's be honest, he didn't play well. 11 carries, 33 yards, two targets, two receptions for six yards. But like I said, we knew this was a terrible, terrible matchup. This was kind of just one of those spots where you have to start him because he's your first round pick and you're just hoping he gets into the end zone. Last year, Bucks gave up the fewest rush yards last season, and I mean, they showed why. That run defense was dominant, plus they had issues in the secondary. You had Sean Murphy bunting, like dislocate his elbow. The bone was sticking out. It was disgusting, but that weakened their secondary very early on in the game, and the Cowboys exploited it. They passed the ball a ton, so Zeke obviously wasn't super involved, but what was encouraging for me is that he was in on 70 of the 84 snaps in that game. And this was about the worst possible game script for Zeke. You know, they were behind most of the game. They were throwing the ball a ton. Dak had 58 pass attempts and he was still on the field for the majority of the games. Like if there ever was a game where you would just say, all right, we're gonna put Tony Pollard in. You know, he may be the better kind of third down back. This would have been the game and they just did not do it. Plus offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore came out and said that they had called 28 run plays and Dak audibled out of 12. So what that tells me is that this team is committed to the run game. It was just not available in week one. I fully expect a bounce back from Ezekiel Elliott. So if people are gonna be panic selling Ezekiel Elliott, I will totally buy into him. I still think he's going to be a top 10 running back this season, and he is going to bounce back next week. After Ezekiel Elliott, I have Jacoby Myers, and he was kind of one of these late round wide receivers that I've had my eye on for a while, and I thought he showed a lot of promise week one. He was the most targeted wide receiver on this Patriots team. Nine targets, six receptions, 44 yards, and this was in a bad matchup against the Dolphins. They have a great secondary to just lock down corners, and you know, this isn't a crazy stat line, which is why I think he's a nice player to target. You know, this is 10.4 PPR points. I think a lot of times in week one, you can take advantage of going after high volume players that did not get into the end zone, right? Because if he's six for 44 and a touchdown, that's an over 16 point game. I mean, that owner's probably not gonna wanna give him up, but just over 10 points, that's pretty pedestrian, but the volume was there. I do think he's going to be the wide receiver one, we did see Nelson Aguilar have a good game. You know, maybe they're a 1A, 1B type of thing, but he is going to be a top target. This is a much better passing offense than it was last season. I mean, Mac Jones just totally elevates this offense, especially for these pass catchers. And so he's kind of a guy, you know, later on your bench, maybe you're making a big trade and he's a guy that you could just kind of throw in there as some extra pieces. So he's a guy that I would really like to have as like my wide receiver four 
or wide receiver five. The next player I'm gonna be targeting is Tyler Higby. And while the people who targeted him as a late round tight end, it seems like they got an absolute steal. And I'm still willing to jump on that bandwagon. He was one of my favorite late round tight ends, but I definitely didn't get him in as many leagues as I would have liked to. But after watching his week one usage, I really think he has the opportunity to break into that second tier of tight end, right? So you had TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. Right now, it looks like TJ Hawkinson could jump into that top tier. Kyle Pitts, you know, he may not be in that middle tier. Mark Andrews, we still have to see him tomorrow. But I think Tyler Higby could be in that top six range. He ran routes on 93% of the Rams dropbacks. So last season and, you know, years prior, he had just been splitting time in that tight end room. Him and Gerald Everett were kind of like that 1A and 1B for the Rams tight end position, but he is so clearly the alpha tight end in that offense now. I mean, Robert Woods only ran routes on 68% of the dropbacks compared to Higby's 93. That's crazy. He was number two on the team in targets, was targeted six times, five receptions for 68 yards, and that was in a bad game script game. The Rams were up the entire game and the Bears still dominated the time of possession because once the Rams kind of went ahead, they just let the Bears run the ball, throw these underneath passes. I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton only had two pass attempts over 10 yards. So the Bears were just chewing up clock. The Rams really didn't throw the ball a ton and Higby still produced over 11 PPR points and he was only the eighth highest scoring tight end. And I talked about earlier how I kind of want to target these guys that did not get into the end zone because if Tyler Higby got into the end zone, he would have been like a top four, top five tight end in week one. So I think people still may not be onto him because if you just look at the points, you know, it's not some absurd number, but I really think he is going to be a big time player this year. And if I can target him at anywhere close to like his eighth round, ninth round price. I'm going to be doing that 100%. Then the last player here, the fifth and final guy that I'm going to be targeting, it's going to be Damian Harris from the Patriots. He was tied for the third most touches at the running back position with 26. And he was just so clearly the workhorse in this offense. 23 carries, 100 rushing yards, three targets, two receptions, 17 yards. I mean, that usage is just fantastic. We kind of saw something similar towards the end of the season last year, but Cam Newton was just vulturing those touchdowns. And so he really didn't have any touchdown upside. And obviously he didn't score in this game, but I think it's just bound to happen. Plus, you know, three targets may not seem great, but I think that's very encouraging. Last season, he was rarely ever targeted. So two for 17, I'll take that with what you're kind of using him for. He's probably gonna be like your RB3, so that's totally fine. He definitely kind of struggled at the end. A really, really bad fumble that likely caused the Patriots to lose that game. But I mean, I still don't think he's going to lose that job. I know Belichick is a coach who will just yank guys right after fumbling. But the thing is, James White, you know, played well, but he's the receiving back. He is not going to be getting the bulk of those carries. And then we also had Ramondre Stevenson, who a lot of people thought was going to compete with Damian Harris. He went out, got one carry, fumbled on that very first carry. So I really think that Damian Harris is still going to be that guy. And if you can target him at a little bit of a discount, because this is only, what is this, 13.7 PPR points, you know, that's a pretty average day. But like I mentioned, the touchdowns will come. It's just bound to happen. So I'm going to be targeting Damian Harris for sure. Those are the five players that I'm going to be targeting. You know, they may be by low 
or just guys that I think are going to continue to improve throughout the season. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that these are players you guys should be trading for? Do you have some other guys on your mind? Let me know. And then also, if you enjoyed the video, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Later today, I'm going to be coming out with another video talking about players that I'm going to sell. So make sure you guys look out for that. And then throughout the rest of the week, it's going to be my start sits for every position and then my positional rankings as well. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.